Well, I am super excited about this week's podcast. I'm doing something that I have never done before, and that is I'm going to have two special guests on my podcast, and I will introduce them in just a moment. But first, I wanted to give a little follow-up on last week's, last week's podcast. If you didn't hear it, I shared some amazing testimonies of how God worked in answer to prayer during different wars. And one of those wars had to do uh, with World War II, in fact, and what happened on D-Day. And I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that while we believe it was a great miracle in answer to prayer, how God brought the Allied troops over, um, that when they did hit those beaches in Normandy, France, there actually was some significant loss of life. And I'm not over overlooking that. And that is very tragic. But at the same time, there was no setback. That was the turning point in the war. And we just want to praise God for that. So if you didn't hear the testimony, I want to encourage you to go back and hear last week's podcast. Well, again, super excited for what we have to share today. I think uh, the story and testimony that's going to be shared is going to be a real encouragement to you in your walk with God, especially if there's anything going on in your life or trials or struggles, things that maybe you don't understand. What is God doing? Why? Um, how can I get through this? I think this is going to be a big encouragement for you. So are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to Daring to Live by Every Word. My name is Melody Mason, and in this podcast, I will be talking about how we can apply God's Word in practical and relevant ways to our daily life. As I've heard it said, it's not about how many scriptures you know, but about how many you actually live that really matter. So grab your Bible and join me on today's journey as we open God's Living Word. I want us to open our Bibles to two specific scriptures as we begin today. The first is Psalms 20, verses 1 and 2. This is to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, and it says, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. The second scripture that really comes to mind, especially in light of today's testimony, uh, is one of my favorite, and it comes from Romans 8, 18. And it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I think that's just powerful, powerful scripture uh, that we can meditate on and that can encourage our hearts for whatever we're going through. So I'm super excited about my guest on today's program. I have um, TJ and Marianne Knudsen, which we were just talking this morning about the fact we have been friends for about 16 years now, hard to believe. We first met in Loma Linda um, when I went to Loma Linda working as a nurse. Uh, TJ was in medical school. He's now an ER physician, and he'll share a little bit more about that experience. And when I met them, uh, Marianne was an elementary school teacher, and now she's a mother and wife and quite a life they've had, a little bit unexpected, uh, some twists and turns that have occurred along the way. Um, but I'm just very grateful for the, the great memories we had. And, and when I first met TJ and Marianne, I just, they were young, in love, vivacious couple, loved the Lord, loved each other. And uh, their enthusiasm and love for life was such an inspiration to me. 
So Marianne, why don't you start us off and just share a little bit about your background? Well, I remember we became good friends, Melody, uh, hiking the hills down there in Southern California, Loma Linda. Those are precious memories. And I think we even borrowed some of your medical school books, honey, and some uh, canned goods to put in those backpacks and get out there. We uh, became good friends, Melody, you and TJ and I, and uh, we both love doing outdoor things. I know I was kind of always the mountain girl, and TJ was always more the water boy, you could say, growing up near the beach, the ocean, and things like that. But um, we always enjoyed just being out in nature and all of God's creation and getting outside pretty much anything and everything. We loved it. It was really fun. Yeah, and um, some of those hikings and things that we were doing, TJ, actually had to do with preparing for the John Muir Trail, right? You ended up hiking the John Muir Trail. Uh, how, what kind of a hike is that? Well, the John Muir Trail, that was one of my initial attractions to Marianne when she told me that she had done this John Muir Trail hike three times, mm. which is the most beautiful 222 miles that you can imagine from Yosemite to the summit of Mount Whitney and then down to um, the trailhead. And she had done it three times, and we were going to do it together, her fourth, my first, and that's what we were training for. And that was incredible, uh, an incredible experience. Yeah, amen. And I was so inspired by watching you, you both training. And I remember those times stuffing those backpacks with your medical books and with our canned goods and as much as we could to go hiking in the hills. I didn't get to do that hike with you. But, you know, Marianne, you've, you've, done, um, you've done some marathons, some triathlons. Um, of course, TJ was really into the water and surfing. And so both of you were just super active. And I was also very impressed um, when I got to know you of your passion, um, not only for each other. I mean, you have a beautiful love story. In fact, uh, I one of the fun memories that we had together in those early days was recording your love story. Yeah. And we put together a video, which I think people can still find on YouTube, <laughs> uh, all these years later called True Love is Worth Waiting For, uh, which was sharing some of your testimony. But Again, just really, I was just really impressed with your love for the Lord, and, and you were active there uh, in Sabbath school in Loma Linda, where we were, and um, leading out music, all those things. Maybe, um, TJ, you can bring us a little up to speed with just a quick overview of how life progressed, um, you know, before some significant things changed. Where, where were you, and what were you doing? Well, medical school is a significant event. Um, four years there in Loma Linda. And then it's kind of like a lottery system that determines where you go to residency. You apply to places and then it, uh, a computer algorithm determines where you're going to be. And uh, as fortune would have it, we were sent out to Kalamazoo, Michigan. And we're there for three years before moving back to Northern California after finishing residency and then uh, getting first job here in Northern California as an ER physician. Uh, we went from zero kids in medical school to uh, two kids by the end of residency and then a third one shortly thereafter. And eventually we had our fourth child um, a few years even after that. So our children had a spread of, uh, they were uh, two years apart, four kids. 
And that's where we found ourselves with a busy, uh, fulfilling, and active life. Yeah, amen. So TJ uh, has been working, you've been working uh, as an ER doctor uh, in the area. And Marianne uh, was a busy homeschooling mom and gardener, have a big garden and um, hiking and out in nature with your kids and beautiful piano player. That's something I, I remember about you. Uh, so just God was blessing. And actually, if you would, you know, look at your life, and I know that there were, there's, there's been sh- some trials and struggles and um, things that happened along the way. Um, you lost actually a baby, so you would have had a fifth child, yeah. and you can share more about that uh, if you want to. But looking at your life just from the outside, it was kind of like a picture-perfect family, just mm-hmm. this beautiful, godly family serving the Lord and raising their children to love the Lord. Mm-hmm. But some things, something significantly changed on July 28, 2019. So tell me what happened. Well, uh, that was a Sunday morning. I was scheduled to work in the ER, and at 10 a.m. I needed to be there, and so I left the home. At 9, we had had our usual morning, had had breakfast and family worship and said goodbye to the family, and uh, I went into work. And I had been there for about a half hour, seeing a couple patients when uh, the trauma radio went off. And it said that there was a motor vehicle uh, collision that had happened on Whitmore Road. And I immediately got nervous because Whitmore Road is the road that we take to get out to our place. And I knew my wife was coming into town after me to do some errands. And on Sunday, uh, in particular, there's very little traffic. And so I was very nervous that could it be them? And... Um, I quickly tried to call Marianne's phone, and there was no answer. And then I called our home number, and my sister-in-law, who was there at the time, said, oh yeah, she and the girls just left about 15 minutes ago. And uh, when the radio announcement came over initially, it said um, that there was a motor vehicle collision with an 1144, which means that someone had died. And uh, not knowing if it was my family or not, uh, we were trying to you know, figure that out as fast as possible. We were able to contact the first responders there, uh, the, you know, the paramedic team that was first on scene, and we were able to ask them the make and model of the vehicle, and unfortunately, it was ours. And um, that, you know, from that moment, I just felt that the blood just kind of drained from my head. Um, it was, you know, just an awful waiting game then, figuring out who had died and what the other injuries might be. And uh, didn't have to wait too long because then the, uh, radio traf- the radio traffic reports started coming in with each unit. And the first one was uh, actually uh, Marianne. She was brought in by a helicopter, and they said there's approximately a 35-year-old female that we're bringing in, appears to have a cervical spine injury, appears to be paralyzed. Uh, but her vital signs were okay. It's like, oh dear, what a, what, what a blow. And then uh, the next two, um, they said that there was a five-year-old, approximately five-year-old female who was coming in who looked well, had some scrapes and bruises, 
Uh, but vital signs were fine. And then the third one that came in said that there was a three-year-old female who was coming in that had an obviously injured femur, but her vital signs were otherwise fine. And uh, at that moment, I was able to put two and two together. I knew that Marianne, Whitney, and Trinity were coming in, and that it was our oldest, our firstborn child, Sierra, that had died. Didn't know anything else other than that. And uh, it was uh, an incredible uh, moment because a emergency page went out to all of my coworkers, and there was such a fast response. Four physicians showed up within about 20 minutes. They took over my patients without any questions at all, and um, you know arrangements were made for me to no longer be on uh, on duty as uh, as a physician that shift. And it was just a little bit longer that I was able to see uh, Marianne wheeled out of the helicopter. And that moment will be permanently etched in my mind as long as my mind is working. I can't imagine um, what it would be like for you, uh, TJ, in the ER as an ER physician, doctor, um, being the husband of the of the um, patient that's coming in and the father of one that has died. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. I know personally for myself, many, many miles away, thousands of miles away on the other side of the country, text messages started to go out to different people. And I was, I, I remember waking up that morning with a text message and I kind of, my eyes were blurry, waking up from sleep and just seeing you know, there's been a tragic accident, and I saw Marianne's name, and somebody died, and and just instantly like, oh no, oh no, God, please no. Um, you you can never be prepared uh, for these emergencies, you know, except the fact that you have the Lord, and we're going to talk a lot more about that. Um, Marianne, just share a little bit of your perspective of that day, and. Um, what happened before we start talking about how we saw really God, God's intervention. I, you know, I got in the car that day, Melody, um, prayed with the girls as we always did. Anywhere we went, we prayed. We always placed our lives in God's hand and in his care. And um, it's interesting how God had led us up to that moment in time. And sometimes you don't see how God's working and leading until you look back on it all. But I can see very clearly how God led us to that moment in time. We were very much in earnest prayer as a family leading up to that event that, you know, you never know if this could be your last day. And you never know how much time you have left together as a family, what can happen in this life, in this world. So we did have that awareness and that sense in our family, and it was precious. We were very close, very tight-knit as a family leading up to that experience. Um, I do remember the, the, my phone ringing in the car when TJ called. You know, he said he called, and uh, I knew it was him calling. I remember my sweet baby crying in the back, and I knew at that point in time, this is serious. This is very serious what's happened. I, I can't go help her. 
I didn't know exactly why, but I can't go help her. And so at that point in time, it clicked with me. But I, um, I'm just so thankful that I, you know, as I found out later for all the providences of God, how he quickly intervened and helped in my situation. We want to go back and talk about some of those. Um, before we, we get to that, um, TJ, you guys have shared, you know, right before that event happened, you guys had a really special Sabbath as a family. I mean, God obviously has been working in your family for years, and I've watched you, you know, raising your children to love the Lord, and it's been such a, a witness and a testimony. But God just gave you kind of a, a, a gift the day before that accident happened. He really did. Um, we were we worshiped the Lord. We went to church, and then we went out into nature. And we go into nature often, but it's not very often that we decided to uh, pause and actually take a couple family pictures. And it was a tremendous uh, comfort having those pictures later because less than 24 hours our world would get turned upside down but less than 24 hours before it happened we had some beautiful pictures of our daughter who died in addition to our other children but also a family picture with uh with marianne upright uh, smiling you know all of us happy healthy and uh, that was a tremendous blessing and so we looked at it as that as a gift that God gave us, knowing what would happen and arranging things so that we would get a picture at the last possible moment before things would get turned upside down. Well, we're just taking uh, the time here, just reflecting on how God has led in Marianne and TJ's lives and remembering some of the things that they've experienced and, and what God's been doing since then. It's been such a blessing to hear as they've been sharing uh, the journey these last several years, and that's why I wanted to share it with all of you. But we're just sitting here on the back porch enjoying the sunshine and the sounds of nature. If you hear some extra sounds in the background, it might be the birds chirping or mm -hmm. the chickens or, or maybe even the kids playing. Marianne's sitting here uh, in her wheelchair and needs to move that around from time to time. And we're sharing one microphone between all three of us, so if you wonder a little bit about the difference in volume at times, it might be because of that. But as we um, continue on sharing some of this testimony, you know, TJ, maybe maybe before we talk about, you know, just seeing the goodness of God in, in what happened, maybe you can just give a, a, a little more thorough snippet of what the injury was uh, specifically with Marianne. Well, she had a fracture dislocation of her cervical spine at the junction of C5 and C6. And as soon as uh, my colleague had evaluated her and gotten the CT and I looked at it, I just said to myself, oh, dear God, she is very paralyzed. Um, the column that the spinal cord runs through was just completely, uh, basically looked like it had probably cut the spinal cord cleanly in half at that level. And uh, her initial appearance was clearly paralyzed as well. And so that's that's what she ended up having. Uh, she is a, a C6 quadriplegic, has a little bit of movement in her arms, um, but nothing below. 
in layman's terms here, I'll chime in. <laughs> Basically, I can't feel anything from, you know, the armpit level, chest level down. There's no feeling, no movement, nothing. And uh, I can't use my hands anymore, play the piano or, uh, you know, a lot of things like that that I used to do. And uh, not much feeling in the hands or arms either. But I am so thankful for what I can do now. Amen. You know, you do get improvement with what you have after the accident. And I'm so thankful for that. Amen. Yeah, praise God for that. I remember in the very beginning you had um, uh, trache tracheostomy. Yeah, and so you weren't even able to talk because of that thing going in. Uh, oh, praise the Lord when that thing came out and we heard your voice for the very first time. But I, I want to fast forward um, to some of the amazing things about your testimony in the midst of this great tragedy that happened. I remember, Marianne, I came to visit you at UC Davis Medical Center in Sacramento uh, and spent a little time with you. I think it was during the time that uh, TJ uh, and family went to bury Sierra, and that was very difficult because you, Marianne, could not be there for the funeral of your own daughter. In fact, you couldn't even wipe away your own tears at that point. And that was a very, uh, very difficult, heartbreaking experience for you and for those of us that had to, to watch. But it was, it was at the same time, um, well, it was a blessing to be able to be there with you for, for that brief amount of time. And I remember when I left um, after spending that time with you and TJ had come back and all of that, uh, the hospital, I was, I was asking, you know, can I, can I share some of this testimony and just, you know, the things that, that God's teaching you and the, you were, you know, the things of faith that you were sharing and all of that. And you said, you know, yeah, yeah, please, no problem. But when you share our, our story, please be sure to be sure to share that God is good. And that made such an impact on me personally. Here you are, mother of four children, you've lost one, TJ, um, you know, in the same, same boat here, uh, has lost his daughter and now his wife is paralyzed and, and all these, all these things, your life has turned upside down and it's never going to be the same again. And yet you're saying God is good. So I just want you to, to share with us, what are some of the ways that, that God was working and, and how could you say that in the midst of such a crisis? Wow. It, it's uh, incredible to go down memory lane and important to remember, always remember, go back and think of all the ways that God has, has helped through the difficult situations, how he's en encouraged and given me strength every step of the way. But, you know, Melody, just from the fact that me relatives happen to move to the area right by UC Davis, just before the accident happened. Bless their hearts, they hosted TJ, the children, uh, grandparents, relatives coming and going and helping, um, all the dear people who helped with meals and um, you know, financial assistance and all these things. The, the list is huge and long, but I just think, wow. And even one of our relatives went through a medical crisis at the time with their pregnancy and, uh, you know, she went from being unable to do anything, bed rest type of situation, to God lifting that even just when our family was there at her home. And um, obviously, 
needing help with our children and things. And just at the right time, and you go back all these things and you're like, wow. I think of the day in the hospital as I was being weaned off of the uh, ventilator. And it was a Sabbath. Everybody was gone to church. And you know what? I said, Lord, send somebody, send somebody uh, my way. And a group of people came to sing to me, um, some friends. And they sang and helped me through that that um, difficult time. You know, it's really hard learning to breathe again on your own, going through all that. But I can think of thing after thing like that at just the right time. God would send somebody to help me. Even when you had your accident, there was somebody that, that observed it and I think called called for help. And I don't know if there was a helicopter already in the air or ready to go. What, what, what was happening with that? Well, like I had said, uh, it's a rural road and it's just so fortunate that the accident happened, you know, basically immediately after she had passed another vehicle, uh, not related to the vehicle, but someone saw her and saw the accident happen immediately to call 911. And also, um, the air ambulance was actually already in the air available. And so when the page went out for uh, auto accident trauma, they were in the air and the response time was unbelievably fast as opposed to what it could have been if she had not just passed someone or if that had not been available. And that could have made um, a huge difference if there was any delay. Well, you've been listening to the testimony of Dr. TJ and Marianne Knudsen, and I hope your heart has been blessed just listening to their story and their courage and their faith and and how God's worked and is still working even in the midst of this tragedy. Well, there's a lot more that they're going to share. I want to encourage you to, to join us next week um, for more lessons on faith uh, as, as they share what God's been doing. And you may say, well, how are things now? And, and how is life and all of that? You know, it's really amazing as I visited their home just a couple days ago in Northern California, got to see them again in person. Really life, um, for the most part is pretty normal. Yes. Marianne is in a wheelchair. Um, she needs care to get up and get down. Um, you know, she can't, you know, she can't do anything for herself, really. Uh, she does have the uh, little bit ability to move her arms and, you know, they put a little device in her hand and so she can feed herself and, and um, all of that. But for the most part, you know, she's got to have constant care and, and companionship with her. But life is really moving on. Um, the children are growing. She's involved in teaching them school and they have a beautiful garden um, that they'll be growing and, and the kids are thriving and TJ works um, some shifts still as an ER doctor and some caregivers come in and, and help with Marianne and, and they just continue to be a witness, a shining witness. And Marianne, Marianne was telling me as we were talking, you know, a couple days ago when I was visiting them, she's like, you know, the frustrating thing is I, I just want to work for God and I want to do so much for him. And now I'm, you know, I'm confined in this wheelchair and there's only so much I can do, but Lord, I give you my one mind. I give you what I have, you know, and I just know God is smiling uh, and just, I don't know. 
it's just such a such a beautiful testimony to see them, you know, continuing to use what they have for God's glory. And, you know, of course, there's hard days. Of course, there's times when there's tears. And Marianne will talk a little bit more about that in the next podcast. But they just continue to press through those dark times and, and reach after Jesus and rejoice in the Lord and praise him and use what they have for his glory. So what a what a witness and a testimony their story's been to me, and I pray it is to you as well. Uh, that's why I thought it would be so special to have them on our podcast. And I just want to speak to those of you that are listening. I don't know what your circumstances are, what the darkness that you may be going through. You know, perhaps you've lost a child, um, perhaps you've been through a divorce, you know, that's a very tragic, uh, heartbreaking experience, or lost a loved one in another way, or maybe you're going through some type of health crisis or financial crisis or crisis because of COVID and the different things um, that we've been experiencing in our world. There's a lot of different things that are going on. And I just want to encourage you, friends, whatever you're going through, just know that God does not waste our pain. Nothing is wasted in this life. We may not understand the big picture. We may not understand how everything fits together. We may not even understand the purpose um, at this time, but we can trust that God does not waste our pain. And I love there's a little paragraph that gives me encouragement when I'm going through trials and heartache and I don't understand what God is doing. And it comes from a book called The Help in Daily Living. And it says, the fact that we are called upon to endure trials shows that the Lord Jesus sees in us something precious, which he desires to develop. If he saw in us nothing whereby he might glorify his name, he would not spend time in refining us. He does not cast worthless stones into his furnace. It is valuable ore that he refines. The blacksmith puts the iron and steel into the fire that he may know what manner of metal they are. The Lord allows his chosen ones to be placed in the furnace of affliction to prove what temper they are and whether they can be fashioned for his work. So as we're told in 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So whatever your trial, whatever fire you're going through, um, just know that God is working in your life And he's going to take that very hard thing in your life, whatever it is, the hardest thing that you're dealing with, and he's going to use it for his glory. And so we can praise the Lord for that. So as we close today's podcast, I I had asked Marianne to have the closing prayer, and so we're going to allow her to do that at this time. And again, I want to encourage you to join us next time as we continue talking about faith lessons and things that God has been doing and and teaching Marianne in their journey of faith. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to praise your name. Lord, much tragedy has happened in in our lives, in our situation, but the story is not over and we have Um, much to praise you and thank you for for how you have led for your goodness and your mercy and what you are doing and what you will do thank you so much lord for the precious memories we can look back 
and see your hand through it all, even in the midst of tragedy. And we just give you thanks and praise in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me for this episode of Daring to Live by Every Word. Dear friend, our Heavenly Father is just waiting to make His forever home with you. In John 14, verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In Revelation 3, verse 20, we are told, He is standing at the door knocking, even now. My prayer is that you will not delay another day, but open the door of your heart to Jesus right now. For more information on how to grow your walk with Jesus, visit daringtolivebyeveryword.com. I look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode of Daring to Live by Every Word.